They teach you not to substitute words for action, not to seek the path of comfort, but to face the stress and spur of difficulty and challenge. All right, guys, so here we are today. We have Cody Dulock from Film Supply. He's the director of content. He's an awesome guy. We've, we've, we've chatted quite a few times on the phone and done some business together. Obviously, we, uh, we're on Film Supply, and uh, we're big fans of the brand. So today we're going to hear a little from Cody. Hey, it's great to, great to be on. Thank you, guys. Yeah, man. So Film Supply is cool, man. I mean, you guys have come in the game, what is it, two years now? Yeah, we... Uh kind of really started getting rolling um, behind the scenes about three years ago. And then, uh, yeah, I think next month is like our two-year live anniversary. So, yeah. Nice. About two years. And and just so everyone knows, I mean, I think people have an idea because the branding is similar and there's some, some, some shared um, resources from MusicBed. What, how, how did that work? Yeah, so Daniel, um, who started Musicbed with his uh, friend Nick, uh, they also kind of kicked off Film Supply. So, um, so Film Supply is essentially like sister company to Musicbed, owned by the same people. So that's that's kind of a the uh, the thought there. I mean, it, it really started from a need of like, there's really not a great offering of of uh, that type of product like for them it was like the music side at first they were filmmakers and then on the footage side it was like there's nothing there either so we should do something um and that's kind of how it began yeah man and and the cool thing is is you guys worked out a platform that's so easy to use it's clean it's beautiful i think it's uh it's something that's not only uh useful for folks but it's also a, a fun experience and it's a it's a tight brand yeah yeah, yeah, I think um, that just kind of leads to the nature of, like, the whole culture here. Um, so we, we share office, and employees uh, split their – some employees split their time between both brands, um, mainly the marketing, creative, and engineering team. Um, but by, by being immersed in this culture of, like, where, like, design and, like, all these other things are so important um, – we just put a lot of value on that, but also not just like design and making stuff look cool and whatever, like that's, that's a great part of it. But like, it's a lot more than that. Like making sure we have some kind of purpose that's driving us and like, how do we help our artists and filmmakers? Like how do we help elevate their brand? And um, that's, that's a really huge driving force behind a lot of the decisions that we make. So yeah, it seems that way. It seems that beyond the customer, right, who's buying your product, you really take care of the artist who, who you're hosting. Do you think uh, they're more affected than the buyer themselves? I feel like people have grown their careers from Film Supply. Um, obviously, Musicbed has been a huge outlet for a lot of artists, but now it seems like Film Supply, people's brands and their names are growing just from being hosted by you guys. Yeah, so... Um... I think I would hope yeah. <laughs> that we're definitely being uh, a help and aid in, in that. Um, I mean, especially in the, in the realm of like, because we specialize in licensing and 
for those who don't really know what we do, we're basically a full service licensing agency that partners with filmmakers like you guys. Um, and we, we make your, your footage that you're passionate about creating available for licensing. And, and most of that's like from passion projects. So, and everything's highly curated. So with that though, like for us, our hope is like, man, how do we help elevate the brand of these fem- filmmakers or help them make a breakthrough? Like what, what can we be doing? Um, so when it comes to the filmmaker side of things, like we do definitely have a lot of like initiatives put in place, but we put a big focus on like making sure people know who created the content. Cause I don't know, that's for us, like it's a, it's a person to person kind of relationship, not only with our filmmakers, but also with our clients. Like I know a lot of companies are like business to person or whatever. And it's really in like really formal. And I don't know, we have a phone and we use it. We call people, we talk to them. Like I, I've been on lots of calls with our filmmakers. Like, dude, how's your family? What's stressing you out, man? How can we help? Like what's going on? Like, I don't know. That's important to me. Um, and it is for our team too to just have this like personal relationship. Um, it kind of just makes it totally different experience from just, wanting to I guess make money then it's like yeah that'll come that side will happen if we pour into the relationships so uh and I think that shows I mean we we launched film supply presents a while back and that's doing really well we actually got a staff pick on a film this morning that we presented yesterday what is that what is film supply presents yeah so film supply presents is this kind of this idea where we're like, you know, there's, there's all these like platforms where you can release your films online and that's great. Um, but none of them really have like the PR marketing strategy side of it. Like that's up totally up to the filmmaker to figure out. And like, if you don't have any connections with online publications, uh, Vimeo, like other places like to get press and uh you don't have an audience like things like that maybe you do have an audience but maybe it's not the right audience so for us it's like well shoot we have this massive audience of like agencies and creative directors producers like people in the feature film world uh and tv show world like we have like all these people that have already given us permission to talk to them like either through our email list or on social or whatever, like why couldn't we like present these films that our filmmakers are making, like have a marketing strategy where we're featuring this film and who directed it, who created it and do a blog post about it, get them featured on podcasts, get them placed in online publications through our PR firm, do paid ads, like all kinds of stuff that we do. Um, to help elevate this film. Uh, and then hopefully the byproduct of that is the licensing or the filmmakers are getting meetings and calls with clients or whatever. Um, so for example, the first film that we presented, The Cage, with Neighborhood Film Company, I just talked to Ricky uh, and Dan. Ricky directed Dan, who produced it from Neighborhood yesterday, actually. And... 
because they made the cage, people are reaching out to them based on like, hey, we saw the cage, like we want to meet with you uh, about this feature film thing. Like they're meeting with all these people in Hollywood in the feature narrative space, which is awesome. Like that's insane. I was like, okay, that's really cool. Didn't expect that. Like, but that makes, okay, that's, that makes sense. That's great. Um, so I think there a lot of things might attribute to that, but um, it's hard to get a film scene if you aren't getting like press outside of like, let's say a Vimeo staff pick. So, which is typically like the goal of most filmmakers who are up and coming. It's like the staff pick is this like penultimate thing. Um, and it definitely helps. Like there's no doubt about it. Like it, it definitely helps, but we kind of step in and like, like, yeah, cool. If we get staff pick, like you get all the glory. That's great. Cause we're not a production company. <laughs> like, uh, you're the one that created it. We have, you know, so, um, but I mean, for us, like getting it picked up by short of the week, film shortage, whatever, like, I think all of those things are like there to aid in the elevation of what the filmmakers created and to really honor it. And I don't know, we really love filmmaking and, and we want to honor it and we really want to take care of our filmmakers. So it's just a, it's another thing that we're doing um, to be able to do that, facilitate that. Yeah. And I know that's huge, man, because I know guys like us and, and other filmmakers out there, there's a lot on your plate when you're, when you're doing your thing and you have a small team, you know, a lot of times you're exhausting your budget, your resources, everything else to make an awesome product. But if you don't have the right partners helping you get it out there and you're doing it yourself, it, it is, it's all, sometimes it's luck of the draw if you don't have those right partners. So I know that's a big deal. Um, you know, another thing that what we noticed when we wanted to partner with you guys is, you know, we leave so much on the cutting room floor that, that we own and, and it just sits there on our servers and, and, or when we shoot passion projects, we, we don't have that outlet. You know, there's a lot of other people that are in the game of licensing footage, but you guys are much different than those. How, how was it coming out of the gate having to compete with a large volume licensing agency or a licensing company that has big budgets, has a big user base, but might be a little bit more generic? Yeah. Uh, that's a great question. Like, honestly, like when I started like talking to filmmakers and being like, Hey, we're starting this thing. Like you should be a part of it. Like it's, it's kind of crazy to think back on that. Cause like we literally didn't have a website. We didn't have anything. It was just like, Hey, we started music bed. Like we're going to do this other thing. Like, do you trust us? Yeah. <laughs> and like, that was like the, the beginning. And like, people were like, well, shoot, like if you guys did that, yeah. Okay. I'm in like, and, um, that was kind of the, the, the framework to get it rolling. And when we launched the site, like we barely had any footage on the site, like, but everything was highly curated. So we're like, you know what, if it's not great, like it's not going up. And if for some reason we feel different about this footage, um, it's not great in a year from now, like we're going to reconsider it. Like we're just going to keep it curated. Um, so when we first launched, it was kind of like, uh, interesting because like we didn't have a whole bunch of stuff yet, but as we started to grow, like we started becoming like what 
the sales team is hearing is like, oh my gosh, you guys, like this doesn't exist. Like we're going to come to you first because it's easy to find what we're looking for and it matches like the commercial quality that we're already shooting for this project. So um, we'll start here. Even if we can't find it, we're going to start here. We're like, okay, that's, that's cool. (laughs) That's great. Like, um, I mean, they'll, they'll send us their like scripts and treatments and like, we'll, we'll accept them and be like, cool. Like, let me help you place footage in your project. That's huge because I, I know for us, we slave over making things as perfect as possible and put all of our time and energy into creating original content on the, on the production side. And, and it's, it makes it's cringeworthy when a client says, well, you can just license that content. You know, that that's a specialty shot. Just license it. And then our only choice before was something super generic. It's yeah, it's cringeworthy to hear that. So so having what you guys offer and being able to collaborate with other artists, it, it's it's huge for guys on our end as well. Yeah, I think what's been really neat about it is that like what you were saying, there is stuff that hits the cutting room floor. Um, there's also like these passion projects, short films, or like even like spec spots that filmmakers are creating where they're sending us all the footage from them and we make it all available. So whenever somebody reaches out to them directly on Vimeo, they're like, dude, you just need to talk to film supply. They handle all my licensing. And we're able to negotiate a rate with that client that uh, honors the filmmaker and what they put into it, but it also like we're helping out the client because it's not going to cost them fifty, twenty-five to fifty thousand dollars to go get this shot. Yeah. So we're giving them this shot, not exclusively in most cases, um, but uh, at a rate that's like, wow, okay, like this does cost more than royalty-free stuff, but like our budget for this whole project was like you know, quarter of a million dollars. This is, you know, this matches the quality and everything we've already shot. So yeah, this is a great fit. Um, But I think what else has been really cool is like the finances that the filmmakers are making um, from film supply. Like they're able to like pour that back into stuff they want to make. Like not saying everybody has to do that, but like it's kind of cool to see like filmmakers investing back into passion projects based on revenue they've made. Yeah. And it's this cycle that just keeps, keeps repeating. They go shoot their passion projects, send it to us. We get a license. Client's happy. The filmmaker's happy. The filmmaker gets to go make more work. Like it's a cool circle. And it's catching on more too, right? I mean, your community has grown. I I was just looking at your social stuff. On on social media, you guys have grown like crazy since you first began what how how big is the community now what where did it start at um that's a great question i don't really keep up too much with all the the marketing side of things but like as far Um, as filmmakers go and contributors yeah in terms of that like since we are very selective and we've even like cut back even more um and have gotten more selective on things so right now i think we represent around 300 filmmakers or a little less than 300. Um, and not even all of them are on our website. Like half of them are. Yeah. Uh, the other ones it might be like they get a licensing request and we take care of it for them. Um, they just haven't had time to send in footage or whatever. So, 
Um, and that's totally cool. That's, that's totally fine. Um, cause ultimately like we just want to make sure we're serving, serving our filmmakers in the best way possible and taking care of them. So that's cool, man. Yeah. Well, I know you guys have, have made it easy for us. And I, I know at the beginning you were having to do a lot of the legwork. Uh, so you're pretty well versed in the industry. How did you get involved? Yeah. 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 So basically Daniel who owns both companies brought me on as employee number one of film supply. Um, and from there it was like, okay, like got to find the filmmakers. That was like step one. Then step two is like, now we have to get footage. (laughs) How do we do that? And then it's like, okay, once we get the footage, what do we do at that point? Like I'd never built a stock footage site in my life. So it was now I'd owned my own business previous to that and like worked in filmmaking and did that like shooting and whatnot. But like, this is a completely different thing. Um, so there was a lot of like figuring it out as we go, but I brought on another guy, Landon, who has been very crucial to everything we do here. Um, and once he was on board, it was like, cool. now we got raw footage coming in just like, hours and hours like hundreds of terabytes worth of stuff just pouring in that like we're literally editing ourselves coloring it exporting it into the different formats uploading it creating the filmmakers profiles adding all the keywords and tags like just doing everything um so that's kind of where it started now it's kind of like filmmakers are helping a lot more with uh, kind of cutting down the content and sending it over. And, um, we still do a lot of the work for sure, but, um, we've definitely been able to save a lot of time so we can do other things like film supply presents and, um, other initiatives that we're working on as well. So, uh, we do a lot of marketing video content for our filmmakers now that, uh, we've grown to, to where now I have a team of about, uh, I think right now it's seven people that I work with um, that work on everything uh, related to the content on film supply. So my team processes all the footage and everything, communicates with the filmmakers. Um, but in addition to that, we also build all the, we do all the editing for the video marketing content. So if you ever see any like teasers or uh, little films or anything like that, that comes directly from, my team and you guys have some sick reels out there i'll see them on instagram and i'm like dude that's next level we are representing these really great filmmakers like there's guys doing feature films and like these massive commercial projects and for us to put out something mediocre or subpar is is just not it's not in the cards like it can't be it's like there's too much at stake like these relationships matter so much to us and like the trust that these filmmakers have given us to steward uh, these precious films or, or the footage that they've created, like it's too much, man, too much at risk. So we have to make sure it's great. So when we're cutting stuff, it's always like, what are we doing? Why are we making this? Like, is this great or is this good enough? We can't do good enough. Like we got to do better. Um, So it's like a constant challenge um, for us, everybody who works on the team, like to keep like leveling up with everything and like 
I think everybody will continue to see that, whether that's through like web design, the video content we put out or whatever we do, it's always going to be, okay, how do we get this to the next, next step, the next level? Yeah. And speaking of that, you know, I know in, in our world, we just worked with a, with an agency. We don't do much logistics, um, and statistics type of research here. We, we pretty much stick to creative and production, you know, but when we partner with a big ad agency, they bring to the table demographics and all these studies and everything that they, they do. And, and one of them we were just talking to, they said that the demand for content from brands has gone up like a thousand percent in 2017 and is projected to do the same in 2018. Are you guys seeing that as well in, in your world? Yeah, for sure. Through both brands. I mean, like video content just in the last five years, five to 10 years is like, it's insane. It's pretty much like a requirement, you know, like, I don't know, like print, is still a thing and some other mediums of advertising, but um, like video has definitely become a huge thing. And I'm only saying I'm, I'm not like necessarily a marketing guy per se, or I have all these conversations with marketing guy, but based on like what we're receiving in terms of inquiries and things like purchases, like is very telling to that in the growth every year of the company. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Like it's, it's, it's right now in a, in a season of growth, which got to ride the wave, man. Yeah. I hear <laughs> you, man. Well, well, the outlet you guys are giving to filmmakers is huge. Being able to support families and, and, and do things they wouldn't be able to do or pursue those passion projects. Like I said, that, that that's a big deal because it's a hard market to, 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 to succeed in without a lot of sacrifice. And if you're, if you have a family and you have a business and everything else on your shoulders, any of that uh, subsidized income is huge. I know that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if, and, and a lot of these guys are freelance, uh, I would say the majority of the people we represent are freelance and in the, uh, I mean, even if you own a production company, I mean, and you have a staff like business has to come in cause there will be dips and you know, it doesn't matter um, if you're a freelancer, you own a company, it's virtually the same thing. If you think about it, like there's going to be dips and like, if we can help sustain through those dips or help, uh, exceed the times that are great, like that's awesome. Yeah. Like it's huge. So it's huge and it's, it's big for the industry too. So, I mean, you guys are helping evolve it, you know, and that's a big deal. Um, you know, one of my buddies is actually on, on here and I'm scrolling through your artist now, but he was telling me he, he pays his rent every month. He's in New York, you know, New York city. He pays his rent every month from, from his sales on this. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, I think it's, uh, it's definitely different for everybody. And, um, with licensing, I mean, to be transparent, like it ebbs and flows with, with the, uh, the people who want to license, whether that's the ad world or, feature or TV world, like whatever it is, like with licensing, like there's no guarantee because people are looking for specific stuff usually. So sometimes it's like super one-off. Sometimes it's a subject matter, but like most of the part, most of the time though, like we've definitely been able to help secure filmmakers like a lot more in licensing revenue than they've made anywhere else. And that's pretty awesome. Yeah, man. So 
So what's next for you guys? I mean, obviously you have a lot of initiatives, but where do you see the evolution going from here? So there's another thing that we're going to launch soon. Um, can't really, I don't even know why I brought it up because I can't really say what it is yet. Top until secret. Until it's, it's live. But it's it's another thing that's going to help our filmmakers. Um the other thing we do, we have an online, or sorry, a, a print publication called Film and Music Magazine. Um, we've doing, been doing for a while, but it's it's basically like a really beautiful, like, printed magazine we design in house, and it features artists from Musicbed and and filmmakers from Film Supply, and it's it's something we send to agencies and creative directors and post houses like to get them interested in, in our filmmakers and what we offer. And it's like totally not salesy. It's articles with filmmakers and creative stuff. So it's really cool. But off of that, we just, uh, we announced that we're, we're putting on a conference next month. So, um, which is going to be pretty, pretty rad. Like it's going to be like eight keynote speakers, uh, three breakout sessions, six concerts, um, so it's kind of a marrying, it's like a filmmaking conference that's like marrying up with the music side of things. So it's this really cool experience. And um, hopefully we're doing some stuff that people don't really get too much exposure to uh, at conferences like directing actors and how to elevate your brand and um, pitching to clients, things like that. Like, so that. It should be pretty cool, man. Um, got some really, really interesting people lined up, uh, like Ryan Booth and Pulse uh, and Neighborhood Film Company, Andy Baker from Nat Geo, and uh, there's a bunch of really, really, uh, really cool influencers that are going to be there. So yeah, that's um, cool, man. I have it pulled up now. I mean. Like this is just one more added value that your brand brings to the table because nobody does this. And these types of things, I mean, you don't have to do these types of things. You know, this is something that separates you from the herd and uh, establishes your name and and once again pushes the industry forward. So I think it's huge. Speaking of Ryan Booth, man, that guy's, he's really blown up, huh? Yeah. (laughs) And and it's, and it's, these people – are evolving beyond just filmmaking. I mean, the, the way they brand themselves, the way that they, they approach social media, the, the way that they team up with guys like you, it's, it's been cool to watch. I mean, for us and like this conference, it's just like, it's another one of those things, man, where it's like, we want to pour back into the filmmaking community. And like you said, like, we don't have to do it. Like we really, we don't, but we just love this community so much and we want to see it thrive and grow and innovate and, and shake things up. Like we kind of have to do it because that's what we live by. Like that's what we value, you know, innovation and like just disrupting what you think is normal. Like coming in like film supply, coming into the market space when there's already tons of stock footage sites and saying, well, that's cool. Y'all have, you know, what you have a million clips and all this. Well, we're just going to have the best clips so and the best filmmakers. And that's just what we're going to believe in, and that's what we're going to do. And that's what we did, and it's working great. And uh, uh, I don't know. We think about 
we think through that lens in everything we do. So um, I think it's going to be a really cool event. How do, how do you go? What's, how, how does someone uh, go to that thing? So you can go to the website, filmandmusic.com. And it's got all the info there. You can register. I think it's like 500 bucks before September 1st. So, and then the price goes up a little bit after that. Um, but, uh, yeah, you can get all the information there on it. I'm, I'm registering today. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I man. think we're going to, dude, I think we're going to throw a couple of parties too. Yeah. Um, which would be really awesome for like networking stuff so they're huge they're huge i can't tell you how much we've gotten out of those types of events you know um nab doing the you know yeah. just one thing walking the floor but going to an event it's huge did you guys come to our party at nab i think so i think uh ryan okay. somebody and, did and right kevin yeah 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 okay i dude they got so much out of it and like I said, it was all from the event stuff. Obviously, they got a lot from walking the floor and, and shaking yeah. hands. But but when you can really go and engage with folks, there's nothing like it. Yeah, it's huge. We threw a, we put on a party with somebody we partnered with, Teradek, in L.A. a couple of months ago uh, before Cinegear. And uh, we just wanted to do it to, to connect with our filmmakers that we represent or people who use our brands. And I don't know, just say, like, thank you here's some like free food and drinks and stuff like come hang out. And it was awesome. Like everybody got together and like people are walking away. Like, dude, I'm going to like work with that guy one day. It's like, yeah, sweet. It's <laughs> yeah, great, man. man. So yeah, which has kind of been an interesting thing too. Like we've been able to like really connect a lot of different filmmakers together through film supply who we represent. Like, so it's, it's, it's really neat seeing like guys that, uh, uh, didn't work with any of the people I knew before. And, and now it's like, man, you dude, you're getting to work with like all these like people we represent. That's so awesome. Like as you guys are connecting because you discovered each other through our platform or, you know, there was an introduction there or whatever. Yeah. It's huge, man. But um, yeah. So I think, I think those parties are going to be pretty pivotal to. Well now, now I'm, my wheels are turning. I'm going to get our whole team out there. <laughs> Or at least part of them, but Dude, but yeah, man, it's a big deal. Um, I'm excited about it. I I love those breakout workshops too. Yeah, they should be pretty rad. The lighting one's going to be really cool, but then we're doing a panel with variable. Uh, that should be really cool. Um, but even the directing actors thing, man, that's going to be like Adrian Weiss, who like literally coaches some of the biggest directors in the world on directing. Like, it's going to be heading that thing up, like that's going to be incredible, yeah. especially for people who are trying to move into the more narrative space, you know? Yeah. It's huge, man. Or even if you're doing like stuff that you guys do, it's not a hundred percent documentary, right? Like yeah. it's, you know, you're shooting doc style on a lot of things, but a lot of it's like conceptual based too. So it's like, you're having to direct people. Yeah. And more and more too, especially when, you know, guys like us or, or even, you know, variable who's who's had, who's built their name like crazy lately you know having that crossover when you're working with you know there's b2b stuff and then there's passion work and then there's big agency and there's a demand each one demands a different discipline and having that crossover and that and that uh being that swiss army knife it's, it's a big deal and it's hard to do 
Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's that's very challenging. Um, I'm not in your shoes, but you know it is. Yeah, it is. And, <laughs> but but the workshops are are important, man. Learning from the pros, you know. Yeah, definitely. I mean, just if you're not, I think that I was listening to somebody talk about leadership the other day, and I don't think it just applies to leadership, but if you're not on some kind of plan to like further your learning um, constantly, continually throughout the year, every year, like you'll get stagnant. Like you'll just end up doing the same stuff you've always done. And like, you won't be able to get to the next level. Um, and uh, you won't be able to challenge yourself really, you know, cause you won't have much purpose. You won't have much drive. Like, so like the education side of things is, you know, with that comes inspiration, right? So um, it's kind of hand in hand for for future development, and like where the trajectory of your career could go. Yeah, that's well said. Uh, I know, I and I fall guilty of this sometimes. Is you know, you live by that ethos, but you get in this momentum, and you just projects keep coming up, and you keep going, you keep going, and every second you're not evolving someone else is and and those opportunities will pass you by if you don't uh build that into your regiment so it's big yeah making time for things is probably one of the most difficult things that <laughs> i face on a daily basis where it's like you wait i wake up and i'm like i have a choice i can sit around and look at my phone for 30 minutes or an hour or whatever it is or I can read and take notes and then get in the car, drive to work. I could listen to serial podcast or, you know, a number of different things. Um, but am I going to choose something that's going to further me and what I'm trying to, where I'm trying to go or not? So it's like thinking about the intentionality of those things, like can be very challenging, but at the same time, it's like, you're, if you can be disciplined, like it's exponentially more rewarding. And like that time passes so fast, like, dude, I just spent the entire like last three months waking up and reading every morning and learning something like it's already been three months. Oh my gosh. Okay. Like, and now somebody else, because I've been doing that, like I've been modeling that where I'm working or what I'm doing. And now I'm getting more responsibility people are trusting me with more. Um, and that could be from a client side or if you have a team or whatever you work, uh, under somebody, it doesn't matter what it is. Like trust comes in a lot of different ways and so does responsibility, but, um, it's that intentionality that can get you there. Yeah, man, there's power and momentum too. And, you know, I think that's something that artists, you know, we as filmmakers and it's, it's sometimes we get in our own way with some of that stuff. And, uh, I think hearing something like that from you is, is it's a big deal. Um, you, you know, what would you, you, you've been on both sides because you were on the filmmaking side before you're on the, um, director of content side, right? You were kind of yeah. doing your thing in the industry. You've seen yeah. firsthand that evolution. Um, what, what advice would you give to a filmmaker to continue their growth in this industry? Man, that's a loaded question. Uh, 
there's a lot of things. Let me let me try to boil it down to just like a couple. Um, I think one being intentional about your like a making a plan and being intentional about achieving your goals. Like if you're like I don't know shooting wedding films or something, or maybe it's like cheesy corporate videos, and you're like I just want to make more money. Like chances are good, like maybe you will make more money, but you're not going to make better films. And that's okay if that's your, your goal, but um, you can't get to the biggest budget stuff until you start making better work. So I think in terms of what we do here and what I've noticed translates really heavily to what filmmakers do is curation. So if you have your website and your Vimeo portfolio and it's not curated to like your best work, like you're shooting yourself in the foot because you're only as good as your worst piece of work. Um, and it's, it's a very common thing. Like I'll ask people like, what's, what's your best piece of work? Cool. What's your worst piece of work that's public? And they'll send it to me and I'll, I'll just laugh a little bit and be like, man, that piece of that worst piece of work that you're saying is like really bad. Like you need to get rid of that. You need to make it private. Like, because that's going to keep you from getting the jobs that you want to get. You may only have like one or two videos on your portfolio, but if they're amazing, you're going to get hired based on those. People are going to be like, I want to, I want that. I want the guy who made that. But if they see like, a very corporate type video with a very like narrative type piece that's like excellent. And the corporate piece is like, it's not good. The lighting's not great. It's like you had a really low budget. Like you did what you could. It, it was a pay job. Um, there, it, it's going to be confusing. Like, well, did you really make this like narrative piece? Cause like, I don't know. Can you really pull that off? Like says you made it, but like you also made this thing. Uh, I don't, I don't, maybe we'll just go somewhere else. And like any of the like top filmmakers that um, have a lot of following and influence, especially the Vimeo guys, you'll notice like if you look through their profiles and their, their portfolio and their website that um, they're not showing everything they make and it's intentional. Uh, you don't see all the pay jobs that somebody gets. Uh, they still take jobs that pay them that aren't great. Like this is the, and this is just based on conversations that I've had with these filmmakers. So it's just a matter of like, they don't have to show it. It's like, it's cool to get your bills paid, but like curate your stuff. Like, I think that's probably one of the most important things and um, really making it a goal to do passion work. I think there's guys that can get caught up in the minutia of like, I just want to create something that somebody's going to be happy about and hire me for. And sometimes that works for people like spec ads. Sometimes that really works, but sometimes it can backfire. And it's like, well, you're making it for somebody else. When was the last time you did something for yourself that was creative and like challenged you and invigorated you into your own vision? Um, because really when, when clients are hiring directors, they're not hiring you because you created a spec ad. They're hiring you because you have a vision and you have a perspective on the world. Dude, 
I took notes on that. That was great. People, people need to listen to that uh, because that, that's a big deal. Um, and, and you've proved it. Your curation and your attention to your brand and what you show, uh, you've proved it. And, and, and that's, a big, that's a big thing. And I literally took notes. Andrew's sitting here watching me take notes, and I was underlining things. So that was, that was really good. It, it, it is true, man. I mean, people, people need to focus on that more. And, and, you know, people don't think in business terms. They don't think in branding terms. A lot of times they just think in filmmaking and they get stuck in it. And, and, and hearing something like that from, from a guy like you is, is good. Yeah. I mean, appreciate that. Um, it's, it's so crazy, man. Like, cause we look at the thing is, is like at film supply, we're getting people who are reaching out every day. Like, Hey, I want to be on film supply. Like, how do I get on film supply? And it's like, you know, you can send us your portfolio or whatever, and, you know, we'll pass it on to the team and maybe you'll hear something back. Maybe you won't. But so we're seeing like demo reels and portfolios every single day. And it's crazy to think that like, whenever I watch a demo reel, I can tell in the first like eight seconds, like if this guy's any good, like it's, it's insane, man. Like and how important if you're going to have a demo reel, it literally better contain like your best stuff only. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter if you, it's a directing reel and you have like dialogue scenes in there, whatever, like that's like your, your golden ticket right there to create the stuff you want to create. And I don't know. I mean, I think there's the thought that like, well, if I show everything that I'm capable of creating, I'll get more jobs. But like, truthfully, like that's not the case. It just shows you're not really awesome at anything. Yeah. So you kind of get pigeonholed. No, that's good, man. Let me ask you this for our closing question here. There's filmmakers out there. They look up to your brand. They've heard of our brand. They, 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 they like to hear from, from folks that have been in it. A guy like you who's curating every day, who's seeing filmmakers all the time. You're talking to agencies that are looking for pieces that filmmakers have made. What is that packet that they need to have that shows what they're capable of? I think if they're going to put anything together, I mean, you have the choice. You can make a demo reel, um, and that's great. Uh, it just has to be engaging and include just the best work you have, like nothing but the best. Like if one shot, if you think it's great because your camera moved this way or that way, but the lighting is terrible, cut it. Like don't like this is the the one somebody might only ever see this one video of yours and you have to put that under the microscope for yourself and humble yourself like ah but this was shot on a steady cam and that's cool and like your client's not going to give a crap. Like if the, uh, if it doesn't feel authentic with the direction or the wardrobe or the location or whatever, um, if the lighting's terrible, if your camera move is cool, but then you have this like bump in the middle, like, man, you got to cut it. Like you just got to get over it and let it go. Um, that part's hard, but if you're going to have a demo reel, that's important. But if you're going to just have like your individual videos or films or commercials or 
whatever you've created. It doesn't matter if it's wedding videos, corporate videos, narrative pieces, whatever you do, like you just want to make sure whatever you're showcasing, it's not about quantity necessarily. It's about the quality, like about the, uh, the pieces that you are showcasing. They just literally have to be your best. They just have to be. Take note, people. That's good, man. Cody, you, you killed it, man. This was a great conversation. We, we've been going almost an hour now, and uh, nothing but gold nuggets from you. Cool. <laughs> Cody, thanks so much, man, for all your input. I, it was a wealth of knowledge, not only for filmmakers, but for, for people in the industry in general. Uh, we had a blast talking with you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Make sure, guys, make sure you download this. Make sure you subscribe, comment. Make sure you check out Film Supply and sign up and and license some footage or, or try to get your content on there.